0: you could stand that half cut and rep better than these guys. Look score down and it's called.
1: And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Uh, Sam and I are joined by Tim Shields today on a Wednesday. How you doing, Tim? Doing alright, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I pronounce your name right, right? I always spell it yes. wrong, but
0: I, yes, you nailed it. I said it right. All it right. Sounds like Brooke Shields, the very famous actress. All right,
1: perfect, perfect. Um, we're here to talk about the draft, or that was the plan, at least, until Woj and Shams, you know, let down hell. Wasn't it? On it wasn't the NBA even world. either one of them. It was uh, Scoops. B-Scoop. Be scoop, but yeah. Um apparently Danny Ainge is looking to move Kemba and Hayward for draft picks and young assets to try to trade for Harden, Sam, right? That's what you were explaining to me?
2: That that's what it is.
1: Alright, so if there is a way somehow to get Harden on a team with Jalen and Jason, are you jumping on that immediately?
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: Sam? Yeah. yeah. I mean I if, agree. If everybody stays, it's no brainer. <laughs> That'd be wild. I mean, I saw Greeny tweet about this, I told Sam right before we Started recording. He's like, the NBA would veto that shit so fast, just like CP3 to the Lakers, because that'd be that'd be some ridiculous
0: stuff. I think it's like different in context when you think about it. Like, of course, it'd be like super overpowering in terms of that three. I really don't. I do question fit. I still worry about fit. But if you're avoiding giving up Jalen and you know that Hayward's gonna leave, and if you have long-term concerns about Kemba Walker's knee. Um, I think this is a move you have to jump over, mm-hmm. especially if it avoids Brooklyn getting him. And I think that's yeah. also a big part yeah, of it is you, you've got two of your potential rivals going on in on it. So you've got Philly who's looking at it, you've got Brooklyn who's looking at it, you know, mm-hmm. you've got other pieces that have been moving around. And of course we're gonna get to the Drew Holiday trade as well, but the fact that you've got all of these other pieces that are moving on around you. You can't take a step back right now. I know a lot of people are saying, hey, just see what you can get for Hayward. Maybe try and move up in the draft. And, of course, we'll talk about that as well. But Mm -hmm. I think if you have a chance to get Harden, you just try and make it work. Just try Mm -hmm. and make it work and see what you can do. I think he's got a lot to gain from it. I think at this point in time, he's going to have kind of like one of those runs where it's going to be, I think, rehabilitating his image. Similar to what Jimmy Butler did when he went to Miami. Mm Kind of had this... Kind of vibe going around, and then totally reinvented himself in the right environment. And I think being around guys like Jason and Jalen is going to be huge. If you can manage to keep Jalen in this situation, that is perfect. Because you know Jason Tatum's not going anywhere. No, yeah, Tatum's
1: Taylor, here to stay. Um, I do question. Well, I, I it's less of a question, more of a concern. I wrote about the potential Harden to Boston move. Uh, when I wrote about why people need to stop putting Jalen Brown in trades because that's just ridiculous. Um, I, I wrote a whole rant about it, and in it I said, I'm worried that like in this move, Brown goes to Houston, right, and Harden comes here. That would relegate Tatum to the corner, in, in like in a literal and figurative sense. Like I, I, I fear that Tatum could become too much of a spot up shooter, like off the ball catch and shoot guy. Same with Kemba if we kept him, or Brown when we kept him. I mean, Brown's already playing that role and he does it well, so I have no complaints. But I feel like Harden's coming to Boston could impact Tatum's growth as a scorer overall. Thoughts, anybody? Any of you guys? I'm not sure just because, uh, you know, we saw the
2: jump he made last year. He's proven himself now. He's got the confidence. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like Harden's never played with great players. You know, he played with CP3. He played with, you know, Westbrook's whatever now. But, you know, he was once great. He was on the OKC team back in the day before. Harden was really a big star. So, like, there's plenty of – plus, when they started running Harden at point guard two, three years ago – it was, like, a big deal. Like, he was he was popping off with assists. So mm-hmm. I think he – if if they keep the Jays and they bring him in to play point guard, you know, I mean, Hayward has basically found money at this point since he's probably not going to be playing for this team next year because, you know, he's kind of not signed his extension that's looking like a sign and trade. So, yeah. like, if you're, like, getting Harden while giving him up in that deal, it's, like, for free. And then Kemba – Unfortunately, like I love Kemba, but he's been the most expendable player really in my eyes all year like if you're going to trade for a big like and you need that that star power to make the trade happen like it was Kemba. He's just the easiest to
0: replace.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel Tim, what are your thoughts
0: on that? So, yeah, I think if you're looking at it from a Kemba Walker perspective, I really like Kemba Walker. I think he brings a lot of really good energy in terms of kind of resetting that locker room. You, you went through all of this toxicity and all the rumors and the drama swirling around. And to be honest, the fact that you were able to go ahead and pick up Kemba Walker after losing Kyrie Irving, a free agency, and you managed to go ahead and do a, a sign and trade to get Terry Rozier to Charlotte in that sense is a big coup. And that was a big part of the reason why we didn't see such a drop off at the Celtics. So for that, I'm like, I am incredibly grateful to Kemba Walker. That being said, I don't know if Kemba Walker wants to be here if Gordon Hayward isn't here and you're just running with the Jays. I think maybe there was more difficulty in the locker room than we realized. Maybe there were you know, some concerns about his knee as well. Maybe there are long-term concerns you have there. And if you are Danny Ainge, you say, well, right now we're losing Gordon Hayward, and the only way that we're going to be able to make another big splash and prevent rivals in our same conference from making a big splash is moving Kemba Walker. And, you know, as Sam said, it it's going to be easier for them to go ahead and try and draft a point guard to be an heir apparent to whoever you slot in there. If you manage to pull off a Harden deal, Harden's going to probably be running at the one, maybe the two, depending on if you make any other moves, which of course is going to happen. But it's it's all hypothetical, but I think you have to pull that trigger, especially if it means, you know, moving on from Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward lets you keep the Jays together. Because yeah. I think that really is the end goal. And I think yeah. most people no, talking about building... That. Yeah, it's just you, you have to keep the Jays together. Regardless of whatever happens around them, pretty much those two should be untouchable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, So then the question becomes... or Oh, this is what I want to say first. I feel like losing Kemba sucks, but Ainge is clearly not afraid to hurt the heartstrings of Boston fans. I mean, I don't think the loss of Kemba would compare anywhere near to the loss of Isaiah Thomas. No. Um, so. Kemba hasn't been here long enough. Exactly. He hasn't had yeah, no way. No as way. much of an impact. So, I mean, I, I personally really like
2: Kemba. He's a great guy. Yeah. I like uh, I like that he went to UConn. That's really great. I, I always uh, – I think people don't appreciate that, um, like, guys choose to play here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you know, like Hayward, people knock on him all the time. He, he chose to play for the Celtics. Al Horford, people were knocking on him when he was here. He chose to play here, and it was a massive deal when both of them decided. 100%. Kemba was the same thing. So like, I I really really hate when people knock on guys that choose to come here. I mean they're they're doing really everyone a favor. They were free in terms of not having to give anything up for them except for cap room.
1: Yeah. All right. Chris Haynes bomb everybody. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks are in play to acquire uh, Gordon Hayward from the Boston Celtics. Mm. So that's a very good thing. That means, <laughs> number, that six. means
2: number, number six. Number six. Number and six. And it also means. <laughs> It's. I mean, it's a win-win. You oh either yeah. Trading that to Houston, or you're keeping it. Are we? And we either way, it's
1: found
0: money. Exactly. That you're upgrading. Exactly. Well, and here's the big thing, right? Like a massive part of these deals and these talks have been the Rockets need a young, potential, budding star. So if they are not satisfied with whatever they're getting back in filler, because you've got two conflicting ideas that's coming out of Houston right now is. They're trying to shed salary, but then they're also at the same time like, oh yeah, we're going to go ahead and take on John Wall's bloated contract, yeah. and we also want all young, all these young assets, and we're also trying to make a deal with Brooklyn, who, to be honest, Brooklyn has some really nice pieces, but they don't have a lot out of like what you're looking at Lavert, you're looking at Allen, Dinwiddie, maybe Dinwiddie. If they want to throw them in, and then yeah, but I mean, Prince, at that like... point you're 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 gutting you're gutting a lot of your team to go ahead and bring in a third star, who I don't know how well they fit, with yeah. Harden. KD, and Kyrie, but that that aside, having a lottery pick to throw around makes a huge, huge difference, especially if you're Houston, because they literally have no picks. They have none. They've gutted themselves twice.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just a wild, wild world right now. I don't, our buddy Adam Taylor just tweeted out, this would give Boston projected starting five of smart Harden Brown Tatum Tice. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, that's a yeah, lot of that's, shooting that's around fine. Harden. Um, my question at this point is, <laughs> does Harden stay here long term? Because that's concerning.
0: He'd be you would be stupid him for not three to. Years. You, got, you got him for three years.
1: All right. Yeah. I don't um, even know if he, that's he a a player. stupid
0: offense. not to stay here. Yeah.
1: It's I mean, only going to get better. That's what we said about a lot Sorry. of players and a lot of players. Well, Kyrie is stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else you want me yeah. to okay. tell you. Okay. Okay. I, I will say this in defense of Kyrie. His grandfather passed. There were some changes there. The one thing you can say is that, like, he went back on his word. He talked a big game. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as Kevin Durant came calling, they went ahead and fled to Brooklyn. So it's, it's not even that he went back on his word. It's just he quit at the end. When he quit at the end, that's fair.
2: I remember thinking to myself, I was like, he actually can't leave like this. Like, that'll screw his legacy. Like, he has to come back and try again after playing that bad. is overrated. Wrong.
0: Legacy is yeah. overrated. overrated. I mean, it, if anything has taught you that, it would probably be Kevin Durant going to Golden State. Uh, doesn't matter. As soon as you get the hardware, Got the uh, rings. Got A the lot rings. of narratives change. If he went there and didn't win, it'd be a different story. But uh, with, with Kyrie, too, you know, I it's hard for me to like hate him. Like it, when it really? actually happened, it's the easiest thing. I'll stick. teach. <laughs> okay, I, I'll teach you. <laughs> I love it. So I, I originally, when it happened, I was pretty upset about it, but. I think looking back on it, I think we worked out okay. Um, and considering how adversely it was impacting the locker room, yeah, I'm okay that he was gone because there was a lot of stuff going on with him. There was, seemed like there was constant drama, and he really just couldn't get out of his own way with the cryptic stuff. And it just kind of has continued in Brooklyn. So, like, best of luck with that. Yeah, um, exactly.
2: That's the thing. It's not. It's not that he left. That's the problem. It's that he was a problem when he was here. Yeah, I have more of a that's problem fair. with him being like. Uh, like he was a bitch in the playoffs and like he just <laughs> gave up like that's the problem it's not <laughs> well, that, well, he, that it is, he left <clears throat> I and mean, it's not if, if you were here and you put the green and white on like that means something to a lot of people and it do, didn't mean anything to him it's unbelievable he, he did a commercial where he said he wanted his jersey to be in the rafters that is like
0: the biggest funniest part to look back on
1: like, yeah, sure, here you go, Cantor, like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love it.
0: He's you like, you're going to wear number 11, and you're going to like it.
1: <laughs> and, he, and then he made the joke about it. He's like, I want to be the last person to ever wear number 11. <laughs> Legend, legendary yeah. Anis Cantor. um My next question, and it will kind of segue into our, our big draft talk, which I think is going to be the focus of this episode, because it is tomorrow, and I am very excited. It's one of my favorite days of the year. What does this Celtics... What do they get for Kemba? Like, we see the Hawks in Gordon. That could be a link six. My idea beforehand was Gordon Hayward 14 and stuff for two to the Warriors because Hayward, I feel like, would fit well next to them. Kemba, maybe uh, Sam brought up the Knicks, uh, getting, like, number eight for, like, Knox Dennis Smith eight for Kemba. Get, like, a couple, like, young assets there in the pick. And what do you think, Tim? What,
0: what could the Celtics trade up
1: to, like, entice Houston?
0: I, I think the Knicks have to be an immediate spot that you look at especially I think that also is a decent destination if you have to move on from Kemba Walker um, I think New York was one of the teams that was in on him I know he has a New York background he's still saying somewhat in the New England area so it's not like an, a complete upheaval and I also think it helps the Knicks get that star player that they have wanted I still like Kemba as a player if they have internal concerns about his need it's a completely different story but I think they've got a lot of contracts that make it a little bit easier. Um, I know they've got, st- they've still got, we've talked about Julius Randle before, but they've also got Bobby Portis as well. So they've got the salary. They've also got a lottery pick that's in the top 10. And if you go ahead and you get another lottery pick in a potential Gordon Hayward deal or anything like that or more salary filler, anything that you can make it work with, that's probably the best way to do it. I think the Knicks are a really good spot. And, you know, we, we do have the Atlanta rumor coming out. So I think. Atlanta being in the mix also helps. I'm surprised that Indy isn't in there, but if, if it, it seems like Atlanta is really making a push to try and build around Trey Young. So I, I think Gordon Hayward is a really good addition there, especially because you're bringing a veteran in who plays really good two-way ball. And regardless of whether he magically ends up staying with the Celtics, I will say this. I think he was one of the best, if not the best, offensive decision-maker with the ball he rarely, if ever, made a bad decision with the basketball in his hands. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree, and I think a lineup of Trey Young, like probably Kevin Herter slash DeAndre Hunter, if he slides down to the two, Hayward, John Collins, and Capella, that sounds like a playoff team to me. So I, I think if they're trying to build around Trey Young, Hayward, like you said, would be a good option for them, especially because they have expressed the not desire but the willingness to take on salary. And so if you have Hayward at, even if you have him at $34 million for a year and then extend him, you're going to be just fine in Atlanta because they do have the cap space for it. As for the trade for Harden, I think number six, number eight, number 14, a couple assets you get from the Knicks alongside maybe Carson Edwards, if you want to throw him in there. That sounds like a pretty good deal if I'm Houston because that gives you picks to immediately draft for the future. And it then, would be a
2: good fit for Carson Edwards because exactly. he'd have more flexibility to play, and that would be a found that would be found money for Houston because, I mean, he definitely has the potential to be a good player. Just, I mean, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of room for error here, so it's kind of tough
1: for him to fit in, and I understand that completely. I think it would be one of the craziest things I've ever seen to see James Harden in green. Like, the, I, like, we're talking about this, but, like, if you actually try to, like, picture James Harden in, like, one of these Celtics jerseys behind us, so weird, right? Like, like mm. oh, God.
2: I I can't. I think <sighs> it's just as important to get him than to play defense on the other teams, too, from getting him. You yeah. know, like you mentioned, Tim, like, the rival teams, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, in on him. It's like... So, I mean, yeah. keep him on the division. Put him on your team. I mean... It's like Billy trading... Days, you're really you your clearing cap at mm-hmm. that point, because well, actually, I don't know how much money Harden makes, but a lot. you're losing the Kemba deal, <laughs> a lot of money. I like think you know. he makes like
0: four, like forty two forty something, something yeah. like that. But it's, you're still a lot you're of still money. clearing a
1: little bit of money, yeah, because you get thing. rid of two max contracts, bring in one, and I don't know, it, it, it'd
0: be it wouldn't be a lot of salary cap difference. I, but I assume they take on another contract in yeah. this, maybe like Dwayne Dedman,
1: who you yeah, can definitely start
0: at the five. And I, I think you kind of have to go with like the golden state form where it's like you just take whatever kind of rim protector you can get at the five. And I'm yeah. sure that depending on like <laughs> – I love talking about hypotheticals, but I also don't like to like get too excited because then I get let down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but maybe you try and make a run at like Daniela Gallinari after the dust settles because that mm-hmm. looks a little bit more achievable. That definitely um, is realistic. I yeah. know Shaq Harrison was also another guy that Sean Granny like was like, yep. hey, like, want to do the eye emojis at this one. Like, Yeah. I like we'll Jack this guy, but and also Chris Dunn. If for some reason you end up moving a guard or something like that, if God yeah. forbid Marcus Smart ends up getting moved or something, Chris Dunn could be a guy that you bring in. Went like to Providence that here. He went Providence, to Providence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> I think at this point in time, it's just if you go out and you get hardened, it's a matter of getting these small contracts and building around it. But I, I do. It's hard for me to get attached to anyone in the draft too. I know we're going to talk about the draft, but like, yeah. it's hard for me to emotionally get invested. Exactly. In someone, I love this guy. Yeah. And then if they end up moving all of these picks, they're it not going to get matter. anybody. I do think, regardless of what happens with these other deals, I think they're going to try and stay at 14. I yeah. think they're going to try and use that pick.
1: I, I, I would agree. I think that's probably going to stay there. Even if they do move up, I was talking to my brother. I think they'll move like, what is it, 27, 30 and 47 to move to like 18 or something, like get up a little higher. And uh, that might be even a stretch. But um, uh, the last I thing Dallas is looking to move that pick. Really? yeah the 13th overall yeah hey I, I guess i'm just i see into the future i suppose because i didn't know that.
2: surprisingly high value this year too you know we've seen these trades with the picks in them we saw uh dennis Schroeder for 28 and danny green we saw that drew holiday trade was was that the one they were talking about i i know that happened of course but like there was another trade that involved like draft picks from this year, and people were like, "Wow, like these picks are like actually worth like a lot if people are trading this much for them."
0: <laughs> I'd have to look at the pick breakdown for that one. I know it was three first rounders, yeah. and two pick swaps in the future, in addition to yeah. Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and that's it. Yeah. Well, what was that's the it. other yeah. trade?
2: There was another trade that happened. There was uh, Bogdanovich.
0: They gave I up a lot. That
2: it that, was that had nothing to
0: do with picks. It's no. Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and Ursan Eliasova. Yeah, which I feel like is a lot for Bogdanovich. Is it just me? I feel like
1: Dante DiVincenzo oh, now.
0: They, I think he fits that with niche. I guess Giannis.
1: so. I don't know. I like Dante. Maybe that's just me. De'Aaron Fox and Dante DiVincenzo is going to be very nice to watch. But I do like that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I like Dante.
1: Um, What was I going to say? Oh, the other idea I had for contract situation, if the move happens maybe eric gordon if they want to get off that contract i mean he'd be nice off the bench in boston he does make a lot More of PJ. money but yeah pj would be f- phenomenal too um yeah and they, he wouldn't have to play center i bet he'd love that <laughs> he wouldn't have to battle with the big men but <clears throat> yeah um yeah i'm i just said that twice we can get into the draft now uh enough fantasizing over harden uh at this current moment uh even though that would be that'd be a sight to see but um, I don't know about you guys. I made up the beginning of a mock draft. Uh, as Sam and, Sam and I always say, we're not draft experts by it any means. No <laughs> it is no
2: secret we know nothing.
1: I've been learning. Um, Tim, you, I feel like you probably know a little bit more about the prospects than we do. Is that a fair assumption? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: not exactly. Uh. <laughs> um, I know some specific prospects. A while back, we had talked a bunch of prospects um, back over on Celtics pod, but – a lot of it has changed. And I think it was also even harder to to formulate opinions at that point too, because we were kind of robbed of this college season. So we really didn't, a a lot of names are made in March Madness. A lot of guys end up hopping up the draft boards because of (laughs) those prospects, um, getting the chance to perform at that kind of stage. Like Carson. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like Carson. And then also just seeing, seeing guys get into private workouts and stuff. We didn't see a lot of workouts. There was also a lot of players were unable to go ahead and travel due to restrictions. So I know that impacted some of them, but there are a couple guys that I have in mind that I would like the Celtics to look at. I think if you're moving the picks, it's like, I feel like you have to have different like scenarios in which you're looking at. I think if the Celtics managed to keep 14 and whatever happens around them happens around them, uh, one guy I would like at 14 would be RJ Hampton.
1: I do like RJ Hampton. I like my my top guys at the moment. I like Ness Smith a lot. I think he's a lethal shooter. I like Jalen Smith a lot. He's solid to me. Um Desmond Bain, but he's a later guy. I don't I don't think he'll end up um with the Celtics. Uh Sadiq Bey, obviously that's been a long-standing like meme almost with the Celtics. Um, but yeah. Um I figured we could go down the draft board and kind of give predictions for each pick. I know we're mainly talk Celtics and we'll obviously go more in depth with the Celtics, but Um, I have a little bit of a mock draft. I know Sam, uh, I I see his face right now, maybe (laughs) won't know too much, but uh, I'm sure you'll recognize most of the prospects, Sam. It's nice not to be in the know once in a while, to be honest with you.
2: (laughs) I'm learning as as we do this show today
1: that's how i felt when um you and tim were talking about Kyrie. i'm like huh it's nice not having to be the moderator for sam's hatred (laughs) 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 because that's usually how i can be your
0: buffer state that's great It, it was
1: a nice brief five minutes i will say um but yeah so minnesota has number one um we saw reports that they're afraid to make the pick which is probably the most timberwolves thing i've ever seen uh who do you guys think I, I'm seeing very split decisions between LaMelo and Anthony Edwards. I personally think it will be Edwards. Um, I don't know if you guys have different opinions, but I'd love to get your thoughts. So I, I
2: agree. I think it should be Edwards. Tim? They don't need LaMelo. They've got uh, that's, that's my thoughts. From, I mean, they've got D'Angelo yeah. Russell. From
0: Tim's face, I feel like he's going to say LaMelo, though. Tim? My gut instinct says LaMelo, just right. because I feel like they might be like, oh, well, We're going to go ahead and draft LaMelo and just figure it out later Yeah, and just kind of work on the fit. Because I think you have to think beyond just – like, D'Angelo Russell is a great player, but I don't think he should stop you from Mm -hmm. drafting whoever the hell you want at first overall. And I think it's it's a difficult draft, right? Like, there are some guys that you're like, wow, I really would love this guy. I think he's got a perfect fit here. But it's really a tough draft to pick. I think – I think it is between Edwards, and Ball. I think Ball would be the guy I would go for, just because I think there's a really, really good opportunity for him to develop into like a seriously deadly player. And who knows? Maybe if you've got like those guys at the one and the two, um, that combo of D'Lo and Ball, it might really help Minnesota try and climb up the boards and, for once, like make the playoffs for the first time in a while.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, aside from that eight seed pipe dream where they got beat up by whoever the hell it was. It was useless. Houston, Yeah. Houston. That was, <coughs> that was useless. Um, I think the reason I think they might lean towards Edwards is because of the defense. Cause Kat and D'Angelo Russell, they're two best players. Pretty useless on defense. If you ask me like Kat's getting better. Russell's not like the worst in the NBA, but I, I feel like bringing in LaMelo who stereotypically like, I, I do think LaMelo has the potential to be the better player but I'm thinking of in terms of the Timberwolves because I think they're not the brightest in general. Because, like, I mean, my theory is if they're too afraid to make the pick in general, they'd be too afraid to pick the guy who is stereotypically a bad defender and they would just take the safe pick. But I I think LaMelo has the potential to be a better player, uh, in my opinion. And I I worry that the Timberwolves will try to pick for fit instead of um, talent like the Cavs did. Yeah. So, um, number two, the Warriors, if they don't trade it, which I mean, we can talk about that too. I think Wiseman's the clear pick there, but uh, yeah. I
2: don't even know why
1: they think <laughs> they should trade
2: it. I mean, that's a perfect fit. Yeah, that fills your one hole that you've had all these years. It's <laughs> always kind of been the big. Not that it's really hurt them, but like, yeah, yeah, you are. You have the chance to just let someone step in there that's supposed to be a good player, and like, be on a cheap contract, and he has an upside. I don't understand. I mean. What what are they really going to get for that pick? That, in mean,
1: Kemba Hayward, <laughs> like if why, we're talking. Why do they want Kemba? They don't. want I mean, they could run. They, they don't Kemba Steph Clay, but that'd be a very undersized backcourt That's with no not good defenders. So, um, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, Maybe Hayward, but did he want that
0: for that pick? I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I would I, not move the second overall pick for Hayward. I think yeah, Wiseman's Oh, no, I I, think I, th- I think Wiseman should be the pick. As As Sam said, I think. That's like the one position when you look at their lineup one through four over the past few years where that's probably their weakest spot. I mean, you you still have to see what you're going to, if you're going to be able to get anything, if you're going to be able to get anything out of Wiggins. um, I I just think it makes all the sense in the world to start developing at a different position, especially with the way that the league is changing. I think having a guy like Wiseman, I know he missed so much time just due to being a, declared ineligible i know that impacted his stock big time there's still no way that he should fall outside of the top five in my opinion especially just mm-hmm. with his physical attributes he can shoot right he can shoot to some degree or am i i know that he's like an elite level defender right. i know his shots come along i think um can, i think he can shoot to some degree but yeah no but i i feel like wiseman's the perfect fit for golden state it, it makes all the sense in the world and it's kind of scary when you think about like a pick and <laughs> roll with wiseman and curry
1: oh yeah and playing the corner being ready
2: I just don't understand why they're, like, not, like, jumping for joy. that they No, yeah.
0: Pick. And they're so I trying think it's a leverage it. thing. I think it's a maybe. leverage thing. It very well could be if there's somebody who's, like, well, like, maybe let's say you can somehow coerce, you know, a team below you. Maybe, like, a team like Cleveland or Chicago, and you're going to be, like, well, I'm going to draft LaMelo. And then you start leveraging it. It could be very similar to the situation where Boston ended up dropping down only two spots, getting exactly what they wanted, <laughs> yeah. getting a future asset out of it. Legend. Hey, I mean— Golden State is built the way they are because they have a very, very good front office. And that is no doubt in my mind the reason why they're not being like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and advertise that we're going to pick Wiseman. Because I think it's a matter of leverage. They are a very, very well-run organization, clearly. And you know, it yeah. kind of scares me, the fact that they got the second overall pick, regardless of whether they well, make a pumped. trade or not. It's scary. It's, they're, they're pulling get, the Spurs, Get in man. the Lakers' way. Get in way. <laughs> yes. Keep them out of the fight. yes. I
1: love it. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. So, this is a very, I don't think it will happen, but I mean, it, I had this like, idea. Number two, Andrew Wiggins, Eric Pascal, Jordan Poole pick Harden. I mean. It doesn't make sense for them, though. But, like, the thing I always come back to is you get the talent and you make it work because the best teams can do that. Steph Curry, James Harden, well, the Warriors have proved they've done that. Exactly. So, I mean, I mean, how far off would that be from Kevin Durant? I mean, James Harden, like, not as good a defender. I think it's kind of far off. But like, Harden's a ball-dominant player. Look know. at
2: that whole Houston offense they built around him. They got rid of centers because he uses the ball so much, So they just so they can space the uh, floor. I them. feel like it
1: was more for Westbrook than Harden. It was the combo, but I don't know. I, I don't think that'll happen. I think that's just a, a weird thought. Does that yeah. work financially? Like, I they have to so. shed
0: so much salary because they're, like, already over the tax. True. They might, might have to throw in pay. Draymond. They might have to throw in Dray. Which would I don't, I don't nobody, nobody wants Draymond. <laughs> Draymond <laughs> is like
2: Draymond, someone you give someone, and then like you also give them picks.
1: Really, wants. I like Draymond. Yeah. I think Draymond's a top. He's on
2: a huge contract. He was in my top
1: ten power forwards
2: list that we did. So it's not that he's a bad player. If he was making like fifteen million or
1: less, he'd be very valuable. But he doesn't. So I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Per league source on the Celtics view of potential James Harden mm. deal: no interest. What, what is this? What is this source-off we're having? That's from Mark Murphy. I mean, we're going to continue draft, but that's Mark Murphy of the Boston Herald. So I, I don't know what the hell is going on at this point, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We're going to be left in the dark, I think, as Celtics Well,
2: stands. if the Celtics do trade for that sixth pick, then... Uh, you never know. That's fine.
1: Yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd be fine with six. <clears throat> Anyways, <laughs> number f- three. We're at number three. Uh, this is where I have LaMelo, and I assume, Tim, you have Anthony Edwards. Is that...
0: Fair to assume, or do you have Edwards dropping further? Uh, I think whoever doesn't get picked out of Edwards or Lamelo is probably going to be picked at third. That would be my guess as I,
1: well. I agree. I think Lamelo, Edwards, Wiseman is top three, and you could switch around the order. But I think the order of one and three at least. I think Wiseman goes two, and the other two go one and three. Sam, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, Number four, the Bulls. I feel like this is one of the most up in the air picks in the top 10. I don't know about you guys. I have Danny Abdiah. I think it's a little bit of a stretch him going four, but I think the Bulls fit would be fine with Abdiah, especially if they end up trading the Porter contract, which I don't know if they do, but there have been rumors that they could trade that. Um, So I I think Abdiah goes four and that's who I have. I don't know about you, Tim. Do you have someone at four? It's tough. It's a weird pick because the boys... I
0: I would defer. I would defer to you just because I think, I think there's still a decent chance that Chicago tries to make a move. I know that they. There's rumors that they asked about Kemba Walker. I don't know how likely that would be, Um, but that'd be interesting. That could work. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that would probably be the move to make if you're gonna if if you're in Chicago's shoes. I think Denny isn't a bad pick, I think it's a little bit high, yeah, but I don't think it's a bad pick it's a it's a very flat draft,
1: yeah, um, the only other person I could f- see them taking they could go for a Kung Wu or like a Koro. but I don't think they'd want to take o b top in there because of marketing, and I know you're supposed to draft best available talent, but they've invested so much time into marketing, I feel like it would be almost disrespectful to like just bail on him at this point because he is so young, but maybe that's just me. <clears throat> the fifth pick, I do have a trade. It's uh, I have a projected like trade I thought it would be fun to do. I have New York sends pick 8, pick 27, and Kevin Knox to Cleveland for 5 because I know New York really likes Obi Toppin. I have seen that report. So they take Obi Toppin. They look to deal Randall elsewhere. They run whoever the hell they want and have a big, quote-unquote, big three. Of R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, so just call it a core, a core, yeah, a core of those three, and I think Obi Toppin somehow ends up in New York. Um, I don't know. What What do you have at five, Tim? Any Any ideas for Cleveland? Or I mean, I had
0: a trade, but who do you think Cleveland could take if they were there? Well, I think, I think if you're Cleveland, you try and maybe look at a power forward. Uh, you do have a traditional big where you still have Drummond, the massive blow to contact with Drummond. <laughs> Um, We still really don't know what's going to happen with Tristan Thompson. I think he personally leaves, but I also think he's like super loyal Um, and has kind of been in Cleveland for so long. I don't know if he has any buyers out in the market. I feel like the Celtics, if he were available, you should definitely go looking. (laughs) Um, What about K-Love? I wouldn't be opposed to Toppin. I wouldn't be opposed to Toppin at that pick if you were Cleveland. Um, I also really do like Patrick Williams. He keeps Mm -hmm. jumping up that board a little bit, so... That could be an option. I mean, they're they're set at the guard spot in terms of like the young, their young talent. So, I, I think you kind of have to go for a wing or a power forward at that spot.
1: I agree. I agree. The only issue I see there is Kevin Love. I feel like he's a huge question mark in Cleveland. Like I always forget he's on the team because he's just kind of there. But uh, he just doesn't even play. <laughs> yeah, he's just. He's been hurt or chooses to
2: whatever. <laughs> has a tantrum like, on the floor. I don't know if he has a tantrum, but he just probably he said he said He's had
1: tantrums on the floor. I don't know if you've seen the clips. They've been very entertaining to watch. But...
2: I've seen him get upset.
1: Yeah, he's a yeah. uh, – he, uh, he deserves to be somewhere else. Send him – I was going to say to L.A., but they don't have anything else to give up, so <laughs> send him somewhere else. Uh, number six, I actually have another trade. Uh, it's This was before – I made this before the Hayward thing came out. So uh, I just thought it was interesting. Sacramento trades 12 and Buddy Heald to Atlanta for six. I don't know. Uh, that's a definitive shooting guard next to Trey Young. That's a knockdown score. Uh, Hawks still have 12. Sacramento moves up to get a Kung Wu so they can play Fox, Dante DiVincenzo now, Bagley, and a Kung Wu. Um, I thought that sounds interesting. I don't know, though. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think? Who Who does Atlanta take at six? Or do you think the six is definitely going to get moved?
0: I think six get moved. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's to the Celtics or do you think there's, you know, somewhere else? I I think if the Hayward rumors are to be believed and it doesn't get rerouted in some other weird deal, um, rumors aside, I think (coughs) Boston either is going to pick either a Kongwu or a Koro at that spot. I like a Koro.
1: I, I do like a Koro.
0: I okay. would like a Kongwu more, but That's fair. I I'm just
1: saying and of course I like a I just don't hear anybody talk about a Koro is like kinda of what I was trying to Because everyone's on the Akungwu train. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I like Akungwu and how he fits. Um I don't like his size. I feel like the Celtics have two six eight centers already, a six nine center's not that big of an upgrade, but <clears throat> I don't mind it. Um I like a Koro for the wing uh aspect of it. But yeah, I think six probably does get moved. And then moving on to seven, I think this is where Patrick Williams goes because I know the Pistons have expressed their their love for Patrick Williams. I think they'll probably run him three, Dumbuya four, Wood five if they retain Christian Wood. But uh, uh, what do you think of the Pistons pick? Me? <laughs> sure, yeah. Go uh, ahead. I'm, Sam. Reading Twitter. Twitter. I'm
2: trying to keep up on rumors. I got My you. Advice. I got you.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, Pistons pick Patrick William. Um, I, th- I think 8 through 13, or whatever the hell it is, is pretty, pretty mixed up. So we can just jump right to the Celtics at 14.
0: Because, Tim, you said you think the Celtics keep that pick? I think if you're making any moves, yeah. I think you try and keep that 14th overall pick. I think the best move would be try and get a point guard. I really, really do like the idea of getting RJ Hampton. If he's on the board, I know Killian Hayes is also another guy that's had some rumors. Um, My guy, Adam Taylor is big on Kira Lewis. Lewis, Um, Tyrese Halliburton, if for some reason has slid down, that's another guy. But I think that would be someone that they would have to move up for. But I I think drafting a point guard is your best option, Um, preferably one who is a scorer and a slasher, someone who is able to move the (laughs) ball around. You're going to need another playmaker to come off your bench. If for some reason something happens with Kemba, whether it's related to Harden or not, uh, you definitely want to start trying to groom a successor at that position. You're definitely going to want someone to be the heir apparent to take over that role. Um, Just because I think you need someone who's going to match up with that timeline. I think that's the biggest thing. You look at the Jays right now, and you you want to get someone who's going to be here for the next 10, 12 years. Mm
1: -hmm. Sam, do you agree with that sentiment? Do you think point guard's is the way to go?
0: Yeah. At that pick, yes. All right.
1: Um, I I like a Kong Wu if they move up Mm -hmm. and he's there. But if
2: not, then, I mean, you kind of just draft whatever's there, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Whatever you can get. I mean, preferably not a wing, just because Mm
0: -hmm.
1: they've got plenty of wings. Mm
0: -hmm. No more wings, please. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, I like all those guys you mentioned. I like Kira Lewis, like Adam always says. I like Killian Hayes. Uh, Cole Anthony's cool. Uh, Other guys I'm interested in, oh, you mentioned R.J. Hampton, too. I was going to say Cole Anthony is cool, and you said R.J. Hampton. I like Cole Anthony. Uh, I don't think 14 is where he's going to go. I think he'll go closer to 20 than 14. Uh, I like Tyrell Terry. I know he's more of a shooting guard, but I really like his scoring ability because that dude, he can score. He doesn't have a huge frame, and uh, I wrote about him, so... Uh, he was projected to stay an extra year at Stanford, but because of COVID, he decided it was in his best interest to enter the draft. And I think NBA trading, and especially the Celtics organization, would be great for him. So I do like him a lot. Uh, I Like I said before, I like Desmond Bain. I love Aaron Nesmith. I feel like he'd be great, but he is more of a wing, which is, you know, got plenty of those. But, I mean, shooters are shooters at that point. Uh, and Aaron, yeah. Aaron oh, Nesmith okay. is a shooter. Um, and then Jalen Smith is someone, uh, Adam always brings up too, who I do like, but if you're drafting a Kung Wu at six, do you need Jalen Smith too? You know what I'm saying? So uh, I feel like the Celtics are in a weird position where they should be drafting for fit more than talent, which is weird, uh, because you never want to do that in the draft, but the Celtics, I feel like are in such a win now place that that should be the idea. What do you think about that, Tim? Uh,
0: I tend to agree with the notion. Um, I'm sorry, could you take me back on that again?
1: Yeah, I was saying, do you think the Celtics should be drafting more for fit than
0: than talent because of the weird position they're in? Yes. All right. Yes. I think right now you're trying to get guys who are going to be able to come in and play. I think regardless of age, regardless of best player available, I think you, you need to start drafting guys who are like, okay, I need a shooter off the bench. This guy's a bucket. Okay, bring him in. No more undersized guys. As much as I like Carson Edwards, yeah, into the hype when he came in. I loved him in Summer League. You need someone who's actually going to be able to come in and you know contribute at an elite level, or at least at the very least, you're, you could throw him in there and you're not going to be hemorrhaging points. Um, your offense isn't going to get stagnant. Right now, you need to hit on those picks. If you're going to hold on to first-round picks or if you're going to move up, you need to be hitting on them because those are crucial. You can't have... Dead drafts. You can not have guys where it's two, two your three first-round picks are no longer with the team. You know that that draft where we had Yabu, and the draft that we had um, Ante Zizic. You know those are two guys who I mean they you know Zizic got moved out in that Kyrie deal, but Yabu just ended up taking up a spot. And granted, I love the memes and everything, but I really just don't want them to be wasting first-round picks. And I'm happy that we finally got to see some Rob Williams. I want to see him develop more. But you really can't be drafting guys who are going to get hurt. I do have some concerns about Romeo Langford, but I also think that you just need him to get healthy and right and get him some playing time. So, you know, there is an uh, an upside to having no Gordon Hayward in the picture because you can get these young guys some more minutes. Um, I think seeing how they did well, I think they did pretty well in this last draft outside of Langford's injuries. But I think a guy like Grant Williams helped too. So if you can find guys like that who can just come in, and play that high IQ basketball, you're in the right spot.
1: Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, also, apologies to those listening. I know I've repeated myself plenty of times. Um, we're all on our phones. There's so much happening right now. Like We're constantly trying to stay up to date with all this that stuff that's dropping. And trust me, if anything does happen, we're going to bring it to you right on this podcast. So uh, stay excited for that. But um, right now, there's a source off <clears throat> the the Hayward thing. I think we can stop the draft talk here. I think... I think Celtics are probably going to move it and move up to six. And we talked about six and we talked about 14. Let's just talk about this source off in these trades because this is kind of ridiculous, right? So what do you think, like someone saying Atlanta's, or the Houston thing's not happening, someone saying Harden deal is in play, Gordon Hayward to Atlanta, other people, like what do you make of this mess, Tim? Just give me, like, what's happening right now?
0: I think this is just what a regular NBA off season is. I think you're going to see a lot of stuff swirling around. Um, I'm doing my best to try and keep up with it, whether it be on Twitter or just getting in touch with people is trying to see if anyone's heard anything. I I think right now, I think the one sure thing is you can definitely expect Gordon Hayward to be on the move. Um, It definitely seems like Atlanta is the most definite for sure destination. Every indication seems to be that way. So, What's the package
1: from Atlanta going to look like? I'll go to you, Sam, here first, because you didn't know much about the draft. <laughs> so you're pretty silent, which is fair enough. Wow, jeez, man. I, Come I, on. Hey, I you, don't
0: know
1: that much about the draft. He said yeah. it many times. Hey, still, though. Sam uh, owned up to him many times. I don't know too much either. I just thought... Hey, 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 I'm going to go to Sam. Sam, what's a package from Atlanta going to look like for Hayward? So I'm seeing a lot of
2: people <laughs> saying that it's not going to be much because they can just sign Hayward without trading for him. So keep a lookout on for for that. I don't know. Maybe the pick will be in there. I don't know. We, we'll see. It doesn't. He doesn't have to go to Atlanta either. I'm sure there are other teams. There are plenty of teams that want him. That is something I for sure saw today. Mm-hmm. There are several teams that are interested.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw the Knicks' one. Uh, I don't yeah, know I... what why, <laughs> but I, I think it's definitely intriguing. I think what's even more intriguing is to talk about Kemba, because we've seen definitive rumors for Hayward. I've seen much less definitive rumors for Kemba. I know, Tim, you brought up the Bulls. Do you want to elaborate on what you saw about that, or is it just like something
0: like you briefly heard? I think it was just mentioned on the radio by Kevin O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there have been some murmurs online of some people talking about it, but generally I think I think you'd probably be looking for a lot. If you're making a deal with Chicago, maybe you're trying to get Wendell Carter Jr. Mm-hmm. That would be a guy that I would try and target, but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at Chicago's situation and just how they're built. You know, they're trying to take another leap, maybe – Maybe they end up moving out of Porter Jr., but again, I don't know why Boston would want to try and take on an expiring free agent contract of max money, especially at the same positions that your two best players play. So I just don't think that's going to happen. Maybe Chicago somehow gets in the fold in another way because they do uh, have those picks and have that young talent, so maybe they act as you know a buffer in a deal. But I, I think there's much more tread to a deal with the Knicks or the deal with Atlanta. I think those are probably the two that you look at if there's going to be any kind of movement at all on a James Harden deal. Um, I'm kind of just going off the operation that Hayward's going to get moved. That sixth pick is going to end up with Boston. And I don't know. All indicators seem like there's more going on, but of course, in usual Celtics fashion, there's a bunch of smoke and mirrors. Exactly. We thought they were going to get Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday didn't happen. Uh, I think that's part of the reason why the Bucks ended up swooping in with that crazy offer. Um, I mean, they uh-huh. paid an outrageous amount. Bro. Yeah, that's it, a it lot. stupid, man. And he's also, he's got an expiring contract. He's got a player option next year. So, I mean... If, if, if that's he, what they were yeah. competing with, I have no problem with... <laughs> yeah. No that way, I'm man. Getting so, so Drew's a great player, but no.
1: So, are we all in agreement that that was kind of an overpay for Drew Holiday? <laughs> not
0: kind of. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But they had to.
1: They had to. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Is it... I feel like it was a necessary overpay because... At this point, Milwaukee is just desperately trying to keep Giannis there, which I mean, fair enough. You got it. That's like, that is your only goal as an organization right now is to win a championship and keep Giannis there. And I would even say keep Giannis there is over winning a championship and that's a lot. But Giannis is like arguably the best player in the NBA. And so if he, I saw this a lot too. I've been hearing this a lot when I listen to like podcasts or videos or anything. If Giannis leaves Milwaukee for a big market team, that will destroy like, small market teams for a long time. Like, like small market teams already get the shaft and they already just don't do anything, like, struggle to sign free agents. If the best player in the league leaves his small market team because they're incapable of building around him effectively, small market teams are screwed. I'm talking Charlotte's screwed, Utah. Like, all these small teams are going to be... And not small in terms of talent, obviously, because Utah's made the playoffs consistently in terms of market. And so... We saw something the other day, Giannis' friend came out and said, yeah, he told me he's trying to get to Miami, which was hilarious. And then Giannis tweeted about it. Do you think there's any backing to that? Do you think Giannis stays in Milwaukee if they are successful? Or do you think he leaves if they're not? Like, what are your thoughts on the Giannis thing, either of you guys?
2: I feel like it's like a 2018 LeBron in Cleveland where they blew up the whole team to try and please him, and then he still left, and now look at how fucked they are. Like, they are... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they, they look. Look at it. True. Like, no, they mean, got yeah. that Kevin Love contract. They had Tristan Thompson on a decent sized contract because that's what he wanted. Like doing things to please the star. I mean, it's what you have to do, but it bites you in the ass a lot. Especially I mean, if yeah. they leave. Yeah. You know, you talk about small market. I mean, Cleveland small market. Milwaukee, of course, small market. If he leaves, they, they're screwed. Mm-hmm. They gave up a ton of picks. New Orleans is going to make out like bandits with this. I swear to God. I mean, they've got so many picks from Milwaukee. Who else they get picks from? They got picks from uh, the, the Lakers. They got picks from
1: mm-hmm.
2: – I think they got picks from one more team. I could be wrong.
1: What other trade was there? I, I know the Lakers trade. I know the, the Bucks trade. Um, I don't know of any other trades that New Orleans made recently. But uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, New Orleans made out like bandits, and they're going to look especially good if Giannis just ups and leaves, right? Tim, what do you think? Giannis yeah. still in Milwaukee for the foreseeable future or not? Nah?
0: I think I think if the Bucks went out and made the moves that they made, I would have to assume that there was at least some kind of verbal agreement that he's signing an extension. I also think at the same time, there are of course like reporters are gonna be like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely the public perception. But then behind closed doors, it also could not be a guarantee. I think, regardless of whether or not they had a verbal guarantee, they needed to go all in, especially after the way that they got handled by Miami. I don't think that they could go into next season without making some changes. I think they probably panicked at the fact that Drew Holiday almost ended up with Boston. They had those three first round picks. It was going to be Gordon Hayward plus three first rounders, I believe was like the minimum offer, might have been two or three. Um, I think all of them from this year, maybe a potential future first. But that was going to be the offer from Boston. And then I don't think in terms of player talent, it was equivalent. I know that they kind of have regretted that Eric Bledsoe deal since they got him signed to it. The biggest mistake that you can look back at because they went ahead and they had to make this move to get Drew Holiday, They should have just kept Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. I know we were talking yep. about it in the chat, but I'm like, yeah, letting Brogdon go and keeping Hill and Bledsoe instead was a mistake. But I think the way you look at it now is, hey, this is our way of going all in. And I think getting Bogdanovich in a sign trade was also a big get. And right now, like their starting five is really, really solid, especially once they go ahead and they ink uh, uh, Brooke Lopez to that new deal. I know I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he was opting out, and I think they might give him MLE money and then next summer sign him to a better contract. But um, that's just a rumor I heard.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. So it would be Drew Holiday... Bogdanovich, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez, that sounds absolutely dirty. Um, and when you consider, here's here's a topic, here's a question. When you consider the high possibility at this point, I would argue, that Harden is somewhere in the East next year, I, I would say that's like a, a good possibility. I would say the same for Russell Westbrook, because I think if he does end up anywhere, it will be like a place like the Magic, the Knicks, the Hornets, or the Pistons. I think those are top four for Westbrook, maybe even the Bulls. Is the East going to be better than the West? Or do you think, at the very least, is the gap going to be much smaller in terms of talent? Because over the past years, it's always been the West has been the clearly better conference. Do you think they're going to be more level playing field? Sam, I'll start with you. What, what do you think? Um If Harden's in the East? And Westbrook and it, Drew Holiday at this point. And
2: Drew Holiday? Well, Drew Holiday's on Milwaukee, so that makes it a little bit more unfair.
0: Exactly. But...
2: <laughs> um I mean, Westbrook where's he going to go. Charlotte, New York, Washington. I mean, and KD's I mean,
1: in the East now. Technically, he wasn't last year. If you, yeah, if you really so, think the
2: East it. is going to be something. I mean, the Celtics are fighting for the top, but mm-hmm. they're not. I mean, they're probably not as good as Milwaukee.
1: I mean, they mil- might
2: be as good as Brooklyn, depending on how that works. We haven't seen it yet.
1: Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami—you can't count out. Um, the Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami, Boston, obviously the Sixers, I think are going to be decent again, I'm not saying the Hawks are going to be title contenders, but they're going to be pretty damn good. Now I would argue, uh, who who am I missing? Toronto. We can't forget about Toronto. They're still there. So like Tim, how far is that gap east and west at this point?
0: I think it's a little early to say, I think you have to see how all of this free agency talk kind of pans out, you know, you still don't know for you know big acquisitions if Serge Ibaka is going to end up leaving Toronto for one I think that's a big factor there they already lost Marc Gasol he ended up I think he's going to go overseas and play in Spain I think that's what he's going to end up doing so you're looking at a potential overhaul at the five spot for Toronto and that's like a big key component of how they play so there they may be a factor in someone in free agency um you also have to kind of see how it shakes out for the rest of these other teams you know Milwaukee just went ahead and did a pretty big overhaul on their starting five overnight
2: mm-hmm, and yeah. that
0: was just on day one We <laughs> still have to see what's going to happen with all of this free agency talk and seeing how it's going to shake out you know I think it's really really early to try and see like where people are going to end up panning out I still think Philly might try and make some moves I don't know I think they should try and get a point guard. I mean, I still thought that they were going to be in the conversation to try and get Chris Paul, but that just never happened. <laughs> um, Phoenix was all over that. Like, Respect. That's a great deal yeah. for them. Great deal for I Phoenix. I mean, th- they got in there really quick. And yeah, I think they made a really good move, especially when you look at you know the pieces that they ended up flipping in it. You mm-hmm. know, some Still some solid pl- players and stuff. But to go ahead and get Chris Paul to pair up with that young duo Amazing. of uh, Booker and DeAndre Aiden, like, that's just it'll be really fun to watch that team. And I think they'll, considering what Chris Paul was able to do um, with that OKC team, and I really did not, I thought OKC was going to be awful. The fact that they ended up giving somebody a whole lot of problems in the first round. Um, Yeah, I think that Chris Paul in that new situation is going to be really, really fun, especially because Phoenix is coming off of that. Granted, it didn't end up in doing anything, but that Hot 8 no run in the bubble was pretty big of them. So I think that probably is a big momentum swing for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, that Chris Paul deal is great. Kelly Oubre, I would say, is the quote unquote prize possession of the deal, but they were winning in, in the bubble without him. So I don't think it's the end of the world there. Uh, unless there's something else you guys wanted to bring up specifically for the show, uh, I have one final kind of mini topic before we wrap up. So are you guys, anything else you guys wanted to bring up? I'm good. Alrighty, so last thing, I'm going to leave it off with this. I'll go to you, Tim, first, and I'll give my thoughts, then Sam can give his and wrap us up here. Um, James Harden, right? Russell Westbrook, and then Gordon Hayward, Kemba Walker. I want you to tell me what team each of them is going to be on next season. Just just, just give me your prediction. So those four players, I feel like, so Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker, obviously, because Celtics, and that's what we all care about. And then Westbrook and Harden, I would argue, are the two biggest trade things that are going trade pieces that are gonna be on the move at this point so i want you to give me your prediction for that too so tim i'll go to you and when you're done with your predictions tell everybody where to follow you and uh what you're
0: doing okay so <laughs> okay because it's kind of like there are pieces that move around oh yeah, this, yeah, but, yeah yeah okay yeah. um so if i think Regardless of how the situation pans out with Harden, I think Hayward is going to end up in Atlanta. Uh, All signs seem to indicate towards that. I still think a dark horse candidate involved in that should be the Indiana Pacers. I've been screaming from the mountaintops that the Pacers are in on it, but by the sounds of it, I think Atlanta is really trying to make a strong push for them. Uh, Outside of that, I think if James Harden ends up in the East, I think it's going to be, I don't. Unless Philly decides to throw Ben Simmons in a deal, I think they're out of the equation. And so far, it doesn't seem like they're willing to make him available. So I think that is off the table for them. And it seems like it's between Brooklyn, Boston, and Philly, at least for the teams that are there. So I think it's just a matter of if Boston's willing to really take the bait or if this is just a method in which to drive the price up for Brooklyn. So I think it's either Boston or Brooklyn. It seems that way so far with these rumors. I guess we'll just have to see how they pan out overnight because I got a feeling we'll probably see it resolved in the next 24 to 48 hours, at least it seems, because it's so fast moving. In terms of Westbrook, I think it's going to be either Charlotte or Washington. Um, I honestly had thought it was going to be Charlotte before, um, but then apparently this kind of this deal with Washington kind of came out of the woodwork, so they're talking about that now. So you're looking at a potential John Wall, Russell Westbrook swap. I don't know how that makes sense for the Rockets if they're trying to get rid of salary, but if it means that it keeps, you know, Bradley Beal happy. So maybe that's, maybe that's the end game is just keep Beal happy. Don't worry about John Wall. So I think Washington should be the front runner there with the dark horse candidate of uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, And then outside of that, we were looking at Kemba. I think Kemba it has to be between the Knicks and Chicago because those are the only two teams that I've heard that are rumored with him. I don't think he's going to end up back in Houston if there's some kind of deal there. Um, I don't think he ends up getting moved to another team. I think it's between those two if he gets moved at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would agree with most of those sentiments. I don't think I have anything like bold enough to like disagree with you with, or I have strong enough opinion to disagree with you. I think Gordon Hayward probably does end up Atlanta, uh, with Atlanta, I think, like you said, Harden's probably Brooklyn or Boston. I think the rumors that they're saying we have no intent of trading him, um, all this is crap, like, I think that's just to drive his price up at this point. I think it'd be stupid if Houston to not blow it up this offseason. I think Westbrook probably will end up on the Hornets, and I think that'd be great for the Hornets because they probably wouldn't have to give up too much, and it would fill the seats for sure. <laughs> uh, as for Kemba, I don't know. Like, uh, at this point, probably the Knicks. or the th- Kemba's up in the air at this point. I didn't see this Kemba for picks deal coming. If I'm going to be honest. I-, I figured it was a possibility he could be moved in a trade. I didn't think it would be purely for picks for Harden because that's wild. Uh, but, yeah, those are my thoughts. Uh, you guys can follow Tim at Tim Shields NBA, correct?
0: <laughs> yeah, I forgot to self-plug here because I'm bad at self-promotion. It lines <laughs> up. It checks out.
1: Yeah, Tim Shields MBA for Tim. You can follow me at uh, Jackson Mode MBA now. Actually, I changed it. I am. Uh, you can follow us at mm-hmm. Bannertown USA. And then Sam, go ahead, sir.
2: Yeah, so um, Hayward's probably going to end up in Atlanta, unfortunately. That's probably not great for the Celtics just because they won't get as much for him. And, you know. But Harden will probably end up with the Nets, which is also not good for the Celtics. Um, who knows? It might be honestly. I mean, can those three guys play together? I, I don't. I'm not convinced they can. Um, Westbrook. Who knows? He'll probably just end up in Houston. I don't think anybody really wants him. And uh, I think Kemba will be in Boston next year. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It really. There's a lot of dominoes to fall. So, but you can follow me at Bannertown Sam. Follow Tim Tim Shields NBA Jack Jack Simone NBA. Uh, that's our show for today. Bye.